Hey Adonis, how's it going? Hey Rick, uh, long yeah. time uh, no see in person, eh? So yeah. thanks to technology, here we are, eh? Can you imagine this 10 yeah. years ago with those flip phones? So hello everybody, welcome to another episode of It's a Rick Life. We are here today with Adonis Chundalas. Uh, regular viewers might recognize him. He's my running coach and uh, who has been there uh, without stopping, motivating me always to run outside, to get in touch with nature. So Adonis is a seasoned professional marathon runner. He's a marathon coach and I can see a... Uh, he has this banner uh, behind him. It's from uh, Boston Marathon, isn't it? You were able to tell. How did you? How did you notice that? It's because before we started recording, you told me. That's why. Okay. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can't recall that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's from uh, Boston, actually. Yeah, and my name is somewhere there. But I actually wanted yeah. to talk about this because I actually want to take this opportunity to point out the fact that you, you've been in one of the most famous runs that there is in the running community. Right. right. So from what I know, I, may, I might be completely wrong. Not everybody can run there. Like you have to be qualified, I think, to, to run in, in Boston Marathon. So right. how did you train yourself for this and what was your experience there? Oh, Rick, uh, Boston... Uh, it's uh, for marathon runners. It's the ultimate uh, marathon to run. Uh, the experience uh, and of course what it requires to get there. So it's like a you rubber stamp your uh, level of uh, capacity. You know your 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 level of uh, uh, condition. You know the physical condition and mental. But. Uh, uh, you need to qualify unless you you are from those uh, donors, you know, that uh, donate uh, an X Y Z amount of money, and uh, that's where they fund this uh, this race. Uh, it's uh, it's a historic marathon because it's the only marathon that uh, has been held since uh, with no interruption except 2020. There has never been an interruption through. Uh, World War One, World War Two, flu uh, uh, pandemic in Spain, the Spanish flu, and all that. This marathon was held since 1897, consecutively for every year in Boston. You know, so it's a historic marathon. All marathoners want to be at least uh, once there. You know, I have been a few times there. I have qualified there for more. I wasn't at a uh, in the year that uh, it was uh, there, the bombings happened. Uh, although I had qualified, but I could not figure out the logistics, you know, hotels and all that stuff, you know. So I ended up not going and not being in that uh, experience. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's something that uh, I, I, for sure it stays deep into your memory that experience. As your friend, I'm glad that the logistics didn't work out because uh, I've seen footage of what happened there. It's uh, some terrifying stuff that that happened. It's uh, yeah. How how fast and we forget, right? Uh, how how far behind this seems. It was 2015, if, uh, if I'm or 14. 
15 I was there. No, it was 15 because 16 I was there, 17. Yeah, it had to be 2015. Imagine. The first time you went there, is there any, um, let's say, recruiters that came to find you? Because I'm trying to picture, like, how do you, let's say, the first time you got qualified to run there, how did you get qualified? No, 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 no. You just, you know, you set your goals, you know, and you you go for it, you know, and uh, you just aim, you know, for this, and uh, you train hard, you know, and uh, you enter other marathons uh, in order to qualify, and uh, once you run a marathon that is a qualifier marathon and uh, you make the time, uh, then, you know, you you go. But it's a little more complicated than that, but I'm making it as, as simple as I can, yeah. So the trial marathon is the same. Uh, what's, what's, the, uh, what's the kilometrage again? Like 42.2 kilo, kilometers? Right. So the trial right. marathon, it's also 42.2 and you have, yes, to, you have yes, this time yes. limit that you have to, exactly, you have to accomplish exactly. it within that time. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. So, the first time that you did your, um, you know, that trial marathon, what, what was your t timing? Just to get an idea, like, how, how long did it take uh, for you to do that 42.2 kilometers? Uh, I don't, uh, I have uh, gone beyond uh, timing my performance. And uh, this is uh, something that uh, I have now lately started to uh, discuss uh, more with my trainees, or the, I don't want to call them trainees, but the people that uh, uh, come into my, into my group. And uh, you're doing physics, and uh, you know that uh, time is a perception of the mind that is uh, the dimension that we give to time is not uh, uh, the, the reality of, of life, right? Uh, so uh, we learn that in time, in, in running too, you know, that, or in, in sports. That, uh, and how many times it happens in your life that you lose sense of time because you're doing something that you like and the time elapsed, you know, and uh, here you are, you're thinking that it's only a split of a second pass, you know? So... I don't like to to calculate uh, uh, performances or activities by time, but uh, I'd like to measure them uh, by uh, what you gain from it, how you feel about it, uh, what does it do for you, you know, and uh, and of course. It's it's not easy because we're time bombarded, you know. It's uh, this many minutes, you know, plan you have on your phone, or uh, this uh, is the length of uh, this, you know, episode, or uh, this is when the bus will pass, you know, and uh, and these hours, you know, you need to write an exam, you know, and so on. You know? So everything has to do about time, you know. And we have integrated time that it's everywhere in our lives into something that uh, we need to escape from time, from this measuring again. And uh, but no, the mind wants you, you know, to measure, you know, to see, you know, to have measured the results. But uh, there's more benefits from an activity marathon for that matter. Uh, than uh, a specific time. It's, you know, uh, what you have uh, 
done getting to this point, you know? How many times you were out there, you know, alone during night, you know, at those cold, winter, windy, you know, snowy uh, evenings, nights, you know? Uh, how did you calculate those uh, headwinds, you know, and uh, uh, how did you, you know, like uh, deal with uh, those uh, paddles, you know, or uh, what happened that day that uh, you did not dress right uh, uh, to go out, you were underdressed or overdressed, you know, and uh, when did you get uh, dehydrated, you know, and, uh, and how, you know, uh, uh, prepared you were, you know, for that qualifying race, you know, and uh, did you uh, run better than you had anticipated or, you know, worse or, you know, it was a good race or, you know, so many, many things, you know, that uh, you, you should be measuring and, uh, and telling people about that I ran a marathon at 2.05. Behind those uh, two hours or three hours or five hours, I... I really admire people that run marathons in four or five hours, you know, because uh, they're at it for four or five hours. That's, you know, and they're pushing themselves because that's their capacity, you know. But uh, what goes through their mind and their body during that time is what I count, what I give, I emphasize. So the strategy, like when to learn, Strategies. when to run faster, when to run slower or... You know, Absolutely. being conscious about, let's say, your own energy, your own heartbeat. So all of that, like that, that whole package, that's the whole thing that we should be focusing on. That, that's what you're saying, right? You see, you see now that you're talking about strategy. Yes, absolutely. If you mess up with your strategy, you will pay for it dearly, you know, especially in a long race. But uh, there's always strategy, you know, in, uh, in every sport, in every sport. And uh, especially, of course, uh, when uh, you're going above your capacities, right? Uh, and uh, strategy, it's uh, another Greek word that we need to emphasize. Uh, it means that uh, uh, because you're against something that is greater than your capacity, that you, you're challenged now to deal with, you need to find uh, that strategic way to overcome it, right? So that's what strategy is about, you know. What's the Greek and word for it, Adonis? Strategy, yeah. Strategy. What does it what does it mean in Greek? It means that uh, your army it has to be positioned and uh, and act in a specific way to counter a larger amount of uh, or a different nature of army. You understand? In in plain terms of the strategy, you know. It reminds me of so, something that you said. Pretty much all of Sorry to cut you off. It, it reminded me of something, and I need to say it. You you always say one word every time we go out running: adaptability. Yeah. Adaptation. Yeah. For example, when you you started training me for uh, trail running at some point, how to yield, not to resist the force, not to resist the weak exactly. ground or the uneven ground be below you, but to give in. But can you? Can you run uphill the same speed as you run downhills? Can you run, you know, the same speed when it's 40 degrees humid and when it's minus 20, you know, and uh, the wind against you, you know, or headwind or, you know, like, uh, it's, it's, that's, that's nature's uh, lessons that uh, 
you get by exercising outdoors for one or you know like uh, when you're doing endurance training and uh, all those uh, sports that uh, unite you with uh, your inner self inner universe and uh, with the uh, world around it seems to be like that you're the small army when you're running and the nature around exactly. you is the it's big army that you have to adapt the to. The nature around and the distance or, you know, the, 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 the nature of the specific uh, activity that you're doing. Say you're mountain hiking, right? So it's not only, you know, the, the nature that it can be raining at that day, but it's that you have to climb up those uh, three kilometers, you know, like uh, three kilometers is the hike, but... Uh, how are you going to climb that, you know, which paths are you going to take, how are you going to, you know, like, put your foot, you know, in this specific, you know, uh, stone, you know, that's there, or, there's, you know, those, uh, those are the, the things that, uh, to me, count the most than uh, looking at a clock, you know, and measure that effort, you know, in seconds, minutes, uh, hours. Speaking of adaptability and considering that there is still a quarantine right now, would you recommend people to train, let's say, 5K, 10K with a mask? No. No. I would not recommend masks for training uh, for not even uh, 100 meters dash. Uh, it's, it's a no-no for me. Uh, you, want, you want to protect yourself and protect others, keep your distance, but make sure that you breathe right. It's as simple as that. I'm straightforward regarding this, Rick. Uh, you need the oxygen, period. Even, let's say, uh, those uh, anaerobic exercises. Exactly. And 100 minutes dash, it's an anaerobic exercise. And, uh, and now, uh, a lot of people are, uh, are ready to go back to gyms. And uh, it's going to be an environment that will be still, you know, contained and controlled, you know, uh, regardless how far they're going to put the equipment uh, for one from the, the other, regardless how many people they're going to allow per, you know, specific time block, uh, it's, uh, even if you work anaerobically, you need to breathe, breathe, you know, because uh, after all, what's anaerobic exercise? It's because the, there's no air, you know, and uh, because of there's no there's no ox enough oxygen supply, uh, there's so much that you can perform, and then that's it. You you have to stop. That's the definition of uh, anaerobic. It's a it's a Greek word. Uh, uh, it's no air, you know, anaerobic. Anaerobic and bio it's bio uh, life, you know. So you're living uh, with no air for a specific uh, uh, segment of uh, time before you know you have to either lessen the activity or find more oxygen to supply your muscles. For people who want to go back to the gym, since you mentioned gym, I'm just trying to imagine that it's, uh, it's not going to be a good idea if there is a you know, case of infection going around because you're touching equipments, you're sharing equipments. So yeah. I'm trying to imagine, like, let's say no mask because it's, uh, it's hindering your, uh, your performance and it's dangerous for you, even if you wear gloves. It's still not safe to, you know, share a weight with people. You see, uh, I always, uh, and that's of course, uh, you know me, and uh, I always have been telling you that uh, you got to do what uh, motivates you, what you like doing, 
and then we start from there, you know, because uh, uh, the, what you need here when it comes to physical activity is uh, to be as consistent as you can. Uh, because consistency brings results, consistency is uh, what uh, makes you avoid injuries, and we'll get to that uh, later. Uh, and uh, I know, and you know, and your followers know that uh, you lack this consistency. And uh, I know this is your weak point, and this is why, you know, like I'm trying you know, to find ways to uh, get you motivated by doing things that you like. And I wouldn't ask you to go biking because I know you can't bike. <laughs> so otherwise I would, <laughs> I, I would ask you to become a triathlete and, and maybe one of those three sports would be something that you like most and you do the other two, you know, to cross train, you know. But I know you like going to the gym. And uh, I was hoping that you and uh, as well a lot of other people would adapt to the new reality better uh, and in more numbers than what I see in, in reality uh, to train outdoors uh, and uh, gain all those extra benefits from outdoors uh, training. And uh, I see gyms as, uh, as uh, an, an environment that is controlled and you have, it's like your last resort, you know, like uh, if it's snowing out there, if it's freezing cold, you know, if there's a lot of rain, thunders, I don't know, whatever, and uh, you must uh, train, you know, then by all means, you know, like uh, go and uh, do your activity there, you know, and, uh, and get going. But uh, besides that, there's uh, so many other options, you know, to stay active and uh, get all those benefits outdoors that uh, uh, people in the past three, four months should have, if, if for those that haven't adapted, uh, they should have adapted. Of course, there other, there's other, you know, like uh, issues, which I, again, I understand, like uh, some people don't feel comfortable to be outdoors, you know, because they're afraid of, uh, I don't know, maybe some branch falling over their head, you know, or some, you know, like uh, uh, unpredictable, you know, like surface, or maybe, you know, uh, the wind uh, bothers them, you know, or maybe the extra sunlight or allergies, you know, uh, the list goes on. Uh, there's a, a lot of reasons for people, you know, to avoid the outdoors, but uh, we're living in cities and uh, we're very, for at least for us that live in cities, we're very much disconnected from uh, nature. And uh, an activity, uh, regardless of the intensity is, uh, or, the, or the nature of the activity, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, the best excuse to connect with nature. One thing for sure that when the gyms were closed, I was forced to do something that I thought I would do much later, and it's push-up. You see, uh, push-ups. Yeah. So push-ups, now, now I can do three push-ups. Uh, it's one exercise that uh, I always try to avoid doing too. Uh, I might do, you know, a few push-ups uh, every, I don't know, uh, second week or, you know, every third week. Uh, it's uh, it's one exercise that I'm always you know like trying to avoid. Yeah. Uh, and I totally understand you, but I have been telling you know when you go to the gym like uh, uh, you have a lot of body weight, and uh, it's enough to use it you know 
in order to exercise uh, all these uh, muscle groups. So uh, push-ups for you, it's even harder because what happens is you're pushing up more weight than I push. So you understand? So for me, a push-up, it's much easier than for you because you don't have, you know, I don't have to push, to push all that weight that you carry. Yeah, you, you're and, lean. Me, I'm, I'm I still some, I, I still got some body weight here. And and yet, it's something that I don't like doing, you know. So really? go figure, you know. Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. we all we all have those exercises that we really don't like. You're a runner. I don't know how you feel when I tell you that I don't like running, but hey, yeah. I know the benefits. I see the benefits, and I want to do it regardless of that. But the one benefit is, and you don't hear this in any other sport, Eric, it's, uh, and I don't want to brag about running, but uh, uh, we know that it's the base uh, uh, element of uh, most sports. In which other sport you get uh, the runner's high, as we call it? And you haven't got that, or oh, you did get that when we were running at the river during uh, in the middle of winter. It was like minus 20 degrees, but uh, you were so ecstatic and you were like out of depression uh, uh, in those days. And uh, that turned your mind uh, uh, 180 degrees uh, upside down uh, in that run. That so, was good. That was good. Yeah. And it was so cold that I couldn't take any videos that day. It yeah, was so cold. Exactly. My the phone was shutting froze, down. Everything. The phones uh, froze. Uh, everything oh, was... Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's minus it, 40. It it's minus times. 40. I remember. It's minus 40. Uh, yeah. I was wearing three layers underneath. And even after that, it was blistering cold. But when, when I started to run, it became bearable. And exactly. it felt good. You realized that uh, you were stronger than your mind. That, that challenge that you put your, your, your mind and your body through, and uh, you realized that uh, you were uh, like a little hero of yourself uh, at that moment, of your own. And you said, uh, whoa, you know, look at what I'm able to do. You can't get that uh, feeling uh, easily w when you exercise in a in some contained, you know, uh, environment. You know, of course you do, but the, the it requires more than you know just you know like going out in the minus forty degrees. <laughs> true, true, true. Like, yeah. let's say it feels good when you can slowly bench more than you used to last week. Yeah, yeah. You don't bench in minus forty. That whole adventurous nature of running outside. But you see, that satisfaction comes from the mind because the mind made a calculation and it realized that it's an ego-driven satisfaction. So the mind is telling you, oh yeah, I can lift 150 kilos, you know, and get five repeats. So that's a, a mind a, a satisfaction. What you got when we went at minus 40, was the soul satisfaction. Your whole being was uh, uh, exhilarating. You know, it, it was, it, it, your mind could not process all this, you know. It was something that, uh, exhilarating. I don't know how else to describe it, you know. And uh, that's the difference. One more thing about uh, the mind, uh, the mind can do the opposite. Eh? Uh, not only can hold you back, you know, from doing something, which in your case it happens a lot, uh, and uh, it finds all kinds of excuses, you know, uh, uh, prioritizing, you know, all kinds of uh, things and giving you an agenda that uh, puts uh, in the back burner, you know, the physical activity. And uh, in, many, in many ways, the same mind that, you know, like uh, 
uh, gives you that dissatisfaction, uh, it can uh, uh, deter you, you know, from uh, taking, you know, that uh, one initial step that uh, to go towards, you know, uh, something better for yourself uh, as well. There's also sometimes not understanding one's limit. This is exactly what happened uh, three weeks ago. Before three weeks, I was actually in a pretty good uh, streak of physical exercise. Then mm -hmm. what happened is that I was doing this um, squats, push-ups, and I thought to myself, hey, let's start taking walks outside since the quarantine is getting like, you know, less and less severe. Let's go walk. So on the first day, uh, I walked six kilometers. The yeah, problem you know, is... Yeah, problem is I did not warm up for walking. I thought it's walking. Why yeah. am I going to warm up? The second thing is like you gave me some exercises for uh, that tendonitis I had three months ago. And, so, and once I started feeling better, I stopped. I'm like, hey, I don't need it anymore. Like it doesn't hurt anymore. It happens to all of us. For a good 10 days, I had pain in my ankle. The first three days of that whole uh, injury, uh, I could not walk. And it's from walking, even though like I walked outside, like for some reason I was thinking like it's, it's also like this ego driven push. I remember my foot started hurting in the first uh, two kilometers and I'm like, no, I took this challenge that I'm going to walk this six, these uh, six kilometers. I'm going to walk these six kilometers. And uh, it was not a good decision. You see, the, the hard thing about uh, coaching uh, is that uh, from one side, you have to motivate your athlete and from the other side, you have to hold them back. You have to have them on a leash and hold them back. Most people cannot find this balance between getting motivated and holding back when needed. So, and that's where most gyms thrive at because a lot of people, you know, have these... Uh, resolutions or, you know, getting ready, you know, to have the beach body, you know, or uh, for whatever reason, you know, and then they're, they're extra super motivated, you know, at the beginning, and then they cannot contain that motivation, injury happens, you know, so, and, you know, yeah, then you lose the motivation and then you're afraid that you're going to, the injury will reoccur, and uh, it becomes a vicious circle, you know, that uh, at the end, you know, uh, the result is that uh, you give up on sports altogether. And the mind, of course, finds all the reasons. Uh, it reasons it in many ways, you know, and it tells you, okay, you know, live your normal, you know, life. And, uh, okay, and every now and then, you know, with uh, your friends go play a little tennis, badminton or, you know, uh, soccer which can be a disaster, especially soccer, you know. Uh, but uh, it's, uh, it's, you see, in your situation, and uh, I was perplexed with your situation, because uh, walking, you know, you don't have to do this uh, lifting your body and throwing it down on every step uh, and have all this body weight uh, falling on impact, you know, on, on that specific group of muscles. So when you walk, uh, you avoid all this danger, right? So you're in another zone. Uh, but yet, I can pinpoint a few uh, reasons why this could happen to you or to anyone. And uh, one is the shoes. Oh, yes. Uh, I was not I using the running shoes. I have to question what kind of shoes you were wearing. 
And uh, because those shoes, you know, uh, what what happens with the shoe, and this is why, and this, uh, you know, again with my barefoot running, uh, has has taken a lot of years until I have reached this level. But uh, uh, the principle is this: that uh, when you wear a shoe, you put your foot in a cast, and uh, your foot is not made to be in a cast. Your foot is made, you know, to absorb, you know, all these uh, uh, elements and uh, behave accordingly, you know. And uh, in the process, you know, you build all these muscles uh, that uh, you have, you know, in your the, your the area that you got injured, the ankle area, okay. And, uh, of course, you know, there's a lot of interpretations, but... Uh, uh, as a coach, uh, there's so much that I can, you know, read up from this, and you know, there's other people, kinesiologists, you know, and uh, physiotherapists and the uh, osteopaths and whatever that can give you a better idea of this. But uh, what I can, uh, what I can pinpoint is that uh, you haven't trained uh, those uh, those muscles, supporting muscles in the area. And uh, also, you know, you have the nervous system, you know, that you can easily pull a nerve, you know. And uh, on top of that, you have that uneven uh, um, distribution of weight. So, per se, if you have that uh, belly weight, that uh, multiplies as force for your back. So, if, you know, your core, you know, uh, can suffer, you know, from uh, even a walking and uh, now you you will ask me, so what do I do? You know, I stay, you know, like, uh, uh, and I stay home and I don't walk, not even walk. No, but uh, that's when you have to control your excitement when you're motivated <laughs> and and measure and measure, you know, your 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 output. <laughs> So what I did, I started doing your uh, your exercises again. I started doing those exercises that you mentioned, you know, those calf raises, those uh, and extensions. And I'm doing them too because I got in, I, I'm almost, you know, I'm borderline injured. Uh, yeah, and uh, I should have been doing that too. So everyone is bound to make mistakes and not to be, uh, I'm interrupting you, and not to be persistent, you know, to one kind of the cure or method. So I have two questions here. First, do I have to keep doing these exercises all my life? And two, do expert runners, do they have to do this as well? Yes. So the first question is uh, yes, and the second question is yes. Uh, the short answer now to, to, to the question. Uh, now, if, if, I, if I elaborate, uh, you have to put some excitement, so you do those uh, exercises, but maybe you make you do them with a twist, you know, occasionally, uh, or you know, like, uh, uh, or you do it at a, at a random place. For example, when I'm waiting now, especially with all these lines at two meters apart, when you're waiting at line on on, on the line to get into a store. Why don't you do those calf raises? Why don't you do those hip exercises that I have showed you to to strengthen your core? It's the best time, you know, to do. Why don't you do that breathing exercise when you're waiting at line on on, on the line to get to get into the store? 
It's, it's the easiest thing to do, and that's exactly when, you know, you, you get the result that you, you know, you did it. It's done. People don't understand that uh, it's, you don't have to dedicate a specific uh, time uh, slot uh, in a day to get uh, your thing done. You can do it at uh, any random uh, place and time. Uh, and uh, that's one secret that uh, I'm passing on to you. As of the second, uh, as of the second question, uh, experienced uh, athletes are the most prone to get injured. <laughs> uh, uh, why? Because uh, we have to visit the word athlete. What does athlete mean? So most people use this word, you know, uh, as a convenient word, you know, to describe some physical activity, right? And someone that does sports, as we call it. But athlete in Greek it means uh, uh, it comes it derives it, it derives from uh, athlos, and athlos it means that uh, you did something that is beyond your capacity, something that uh, you haven't done before, something that it's like a, a wow thing, you know. So whoever does that wow, you know, activity. Uh, which requ requires enormous uh, mental and physical capacity and, and effort, he's an athlete or she is an athlete, right? So the experienced runners or athletes in any sport are always uh, passing that uh, threshold or trying, seeking, you know, to go in a new plane, in a new, you know, uh, dimension. Uh, they're setting goals, you know, they're still want to go further, faster, longer, you know, I don't know what motivates uh, all these people. But uh, in the process, uh, because you're putting yourself in the hardship, that's even much easier, you know, to get uh, injured as well, you know, because uh, you don't know, you, you, it's, it's so difficult uh, and uh, aside sports, uh, you know, psychology, to keep the balance, you know, between uh, activity and inactivity, resting. Some people, uh, you know, like you said, you know, we talked about the uh, streak before, you know. Some people, uh, you you have all these streakers that uh, they say that uh, I'll try, you know, to stay active every day for the longest time, you know. People set different goals, you know, but uh, if you don't know how to properly rest, uh, it, uh, but on its own can cause all kinds of injuries. And of course, you know, you have uh, all the other uh, factors that can cause an injury, regardless of uh, your, uh, your capacity. So also consistency plays a, a role here as well, I guess. And I have to basically build myself up from the ground up. I think ego here, that's, that's, that's one problem. The second problem is that I'm not warming up as I should. And I also, I think I got to accept the fact that injuries can happen. It's always lurking somewhere. It's just that I have to be super careful, listen to my body. No, no, you can never be super careful when, uh, when you're doing uh, sports. Uh, uh, don't think like that. Don't uh, act from the state of fear. Never. Okay. 
<clears throat> in sports, you just, you know, you throw yourself in there, and that's where you need the coach, you know, to hold you afloat, you know, so you don't dive deep, you know, and you stay submerged, you know, in this water, you know, for until you're out of breath, you know. Uh, so don't be afraid. Know that uh, injury will happen. Everyone has to know that. It's what you do with your injury, what you learn from your injury, and what you do while you're injured. What do you mean? Like what you do while you're injured? Can you so, elaborate on that? So when you're injured in one specific area, you can you have all the rest of your body to train. So because you got injured at your ankle, that, that doesn't mean that you cannot strengthen your core or your upper body. Or even, even you know, all the way down, you know, to your uh, anything, you know, from uh, your uh, quads to your uh, calves, you know. You can, you can still work at them and strengthen them, you know, and slowly, slowly work at your injury too in a different way. Right? Yes. Of course, of course you know, uh, in, uh, in some sports w which they require enormous uh, aerobic capacity like running, uh, you don't get the same, you know, like uh, uh, rewards when you go biking per se. Or even, uh, you know, swimming, it's something else, yeah, but uh, I mean, there's not too many sports that uh, can replace other sports when you're injured, you understand? But you, you can always find ways around injuries, okay? But uh, it's because you got injured at what you like doing, all of a sudden now, you're, uh, you're obliged to do something that, yeah, you're not really, you know, like excited doing it, you know? So there was a motivation now, but... Uh, if you if you wanna go over the injury, you have to, you know, stay motivated. How do you do that? What I tried to do for a couple of days is that uh, I did some push-ups, not knee push-ups, real push-ups. Yes, push-ups again. The thing is, <laughs> I did the push-up while lifting one ankle on top of the other, so I'm right. not distributing any weight on that ankle, and it worked. You see, that's, a, that's another thing that you get from uh, exercising. It's that you get to discover your, your body. Eh? And uh, it happens that you learn that when uh, you do something that you haven't done before. And uh, all these muscles that uh, uh, you never thought that existed are now in pain. And uh, you say, whoa. Where did those muscles, you know, like, wear all this time, you know? And uh, did I have muscles there? Yeah, yeah, you do, you know. And uh, by, you know, training, cross-training, you know, curing injuries, you know, and uh, doing different things, uh, you learn that, uh, that uh, you have more muscles and more areas uh, in your body that you can uh, uh, get uh, some, something happening than you thought. Can you share with me um, what's your biggest injury story? Like one injury that really, really challenged you and you thought that there is no getting out of it and from complete hopelessness, retraining yourself. I will, uh, I can't, uh, like, uh, it, 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 before you asked me the question, I had, right away, I had the vision, the, I can, you know, I had the, 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 all these uh, images from, uh, from this, uh, uh, injury 
and uh, you've seen in in uh, marathon running or endurance running, I would say, because you can go beyond marathon running. We do you know the trail running and the, the ultra marathoning and the but the endurance uh, exercise. Uh, it's, it means that uh, you endure. Uh, you endure what? You endure your uh, weak link. So we all have weak links. Everyone, you know, even, you know, uh, I don't know who, like, uh, uh, Kuros or uh, Lance Armstrong or, you know, like, uh, everyone has, you know, like, uh, it's uh, his... his uh, limitations, right? But uh, there's a weak link that uh, sometimes you need to uh, work harder. And uh, for me, uh, my heels are my weak link. Uh, as Achilles, uh, you know, well, that's why you call it Achilles tendon, right? Uh, yeah. And uh, no, I think that uh, there's more... Uh, importance and more reality to Achilles' uh, uh, story in the, in the Trojan War uh, than what we uh, in general know or use in, the, in our language saying in Achilles' tunnel, you know. But uh, it's an area uh, that I get injured. It caused me, when I was uh, doing track and field in college, it caused me entrance uh, in uh, big uh, uh, meetings uh, all the way, you know, to what could be, you know, Olympic capacity, you know, uh, and, and it's, it's, that's what makes a difference, you know, to become a uh, caliber, you know, of the stratosphere athlete or athlete that stays behind, you know, that doesn't mean that you don't know the sport or you don't do it right, it's because, uh, you have that limitation, which is called, you know, a specific part of your body that does not allow you to go further, right? Yeah? And But that is what you work at, and you overcome your your weakness. That's what makes you, you know, all that, you know, superhero of your own. That uh, you don't need to brag to no one about it, you know, but you know that uh, you've been better than what you could ever be. Uh, and so those are those Achilles uh, tendons are the ones that uh, uh, have occurred and reoccurred uh, in my training uh, for uh, reasons that uh, I always find out, you know, how, you know, it occurred, how did, you know, how, what provoked them and uh, why didn't I, you know, like, uh, call, like, see it uh, and react to it before, but uh, those are the ones that uh, have done a lot of uh, yeah harm on, on me, the Achilles tendons. Uh, and uh, now actually I have one, uh, I'm, I'm uh, running through, uh, which is very, very risky what I'm doing. Uh, again, Achilles tendon. Uh, it's, now this time is on my right side, Usually it would be on the left side, but because I I did whatever I had to do, right? I kept safe the left one, but now the right one uh, <laughs> uh, came on, on, the, on the picture. And I know exactly what I'm doing wrong, and uh, yet, you know, 
Yeah, here I am. What's the longest training break that you had to take? Oh, I had to take. Yes. Or it, you uh, took. Let's say you didn't feel like training or it could be an injury that stopped you from training. But it was the longest training break. You see, uh, training, uh, because uh, as I told you before, uh, you don't have to abandon altogether training when you're injured. You know, you can cross-train, use, you know, do, use other muscles and do other things, you know. So, aside my hiatus, you know, that uh, I did not, you know, do sports regularly, you know, for some time in my life, uh, stopping from uh, not training because of an injury, it hasn't taken more than a few weeks. Uh, and you need that. And injuries are happening to the alarms, you know, they... They're there, you know, to tell you something, uh, to teach you, you know, something, to do something differently, to you know, all those uh, all those lessons that you learn from an injury. So one thing that they teach you is to take a break, <laughs> give the break at that specific uh, area, and uh, you you must do that. What I'm learning from you now is that you have to accept it. Accept is is it's one word that. Uh, you see, in sports, we learn a lot of life lessons, you know, and uh, obviously accepting in sports means that uh, it's a lesson that you learn that uh, you must apply in your life in general, right? And uh, yes, how do you accept uh, an injury, uh, especially when, the, when it stops you from doing something that you love doing, right? Oh, 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 oh,